Welcome to the Queer Mo Cast. Hello, Mama. How are you today, Miss Shim Sham? I'm good. I'm Shim Sham. Who are you? I'm KJ, and I'm also good. Good. <laughs> Except we just had what uh what what should have been our recording session time turned into Tech Corner with two queers who kind of understand technology. Oh my god, um, <laughs> it was terrible. It was um, never used technology ever. I mean, here's the problem is that I do I I do a lot of recording. I do a lot of Zoom. But when you're doing the two things together, sometimes they don't play nice together. And you're just sort of trying to figure out, well, what is um, what? How do I fix this? (laughs) So this is is this Bluetooth? Is this MP3? (laughs) Oh, is this a Mac? Is this Apple? I think about that moment from Queens Who Like to Watch so much, so often. Is this Mac? Is this Apple? I love, I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Um, but once again, everybody, welcome to the Queer MoCast. We are back. We have not been actively recording episodes very much recently kind of trying to get back into a new groove and we last weekend went to a really cool event mama do you want to tell everybody a little bit about that event yeah we here in eau claire wisconsin uh oh yes (laughs) we had a metaphysical fair at one of our fanciest Mm. hotels the lismore and uh it was actually really cool It, it was um it was just kind of like a place for um, witchy vendors, people who do uh, Reiki energy healing. There was a woman who did toe reading, which was a craft I had never even heard of. Um, lots of people selling tarot cards, Ouija boards, lots of tarot card readers, um, gemstones. It was really awesome. And it was... Uh, um. It was actually people who believed in these spiritual traditions. It wasn't, um, I mean, I think it was definitely an opportunity to come and see what the hell those things are. If you haven't, because I'm not really exposed. So um, KJ here has been doing quite a bit of tarot and tarot meditations. And I'm very interested in that. And um and the, the Twin Cities used to have a Beltane parade. Beltane is May Day, but in pagan tradition, it's my understanding is um, the women would run into the woods and the men would chase them and then they'd fuck. And that. <laughs> And that, and that was Beltane. And, um, That's one interpretation. And so I went to a house afterwards of actual uh, neo-pagans in the Twin Cities who, like, that's their spiritual tr- tradition. And so I'm very interested in that sort of thing. But I really don't know a ton about it. Well, and while we were there, you know, there was a lot of vendors. There were a lot. Of, and like you said, there were people... Um, uh, performing acts and rites from different spiritual communities sort of i i consider myself uh like i i'm i'm very into like the eclectic witch uh like mindset i um i'm not trying to like bought like pick and choose what i want from like uh cultures that don't belong to me but i'm trying to kind of figure out where my spirituality lies so i'm interested in a lot of different things and all we really wanted to do was sit down with a tarot reader and have a tarot reader do a reading for us. And we got some good news, uh, <laughs> which was really nice. Um, our reader was this fabulous individual who uh, kept telling us that their deck was, we were using the sassier of their two decks, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, and she did. It, she said, this deck throws so much shade, even though we got all positive feedback, which... I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like in that moment, um, that's exactly, like, I feel like I didn't need a sassy deck. 
So the fact that it was all positive, I don't know. You know, I I got chills during the reading. I really did. It was just very cool. Well, now that we know that you've got a dom top in your future, yeah, everything's so, everything's coming up, mama. So I asked about. I wanted to, even though we both sat down, me and KJ, and she was like, uh, she was, I think, expecting me to ask something about the both of us. But I wanted to know about my love life because it's been COVID. I stopped using the apps because I had I had a brief stint where I was on Grinder and I was just. I was just hooking up with people for no... I didn't even enjoy it. You know what I mean? It was almost like compulsive behavior. Um, so I've, I've been off the apps. I've been dating me. <laughs> and so I think I, I wanted... Uh, I think I'm slowly opening up to the idea of dating again. And so I wanted to ask about my love life. And she said, if I put in the work and I'm open to it, I'm going to get a Dom top. And I'm like, rip. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive him. Well, maybe soon. Not today. <laughs> I have a douche. Not right this exact moment. We yeah. have we have some we have some well, the the other thing that said is that there is there's work on the front end as well, right? Like we we don't just the the thing about manifesting things is not I want it so I will get it. It's I want it and I need to look for the signs out in the world. I need to be following the paths I hope to be on and also I need to be working on myself and the things that I really want in myself and a lot of those are lot are not like I got to be hitting the gym every single week right it's like it's more of a there are certain things I want to do to to make myself feel the way that I want to feel and that that can include going to the gym every single day every single week but it can also include a lot of other things and also changing your mindsets about some things because we don't have to get into all of this, but I know for both of us, uh, in different ways but similar ways, intimacy issues can also come up from self-image issues, right? How we feel about ourselves, how we feel about our looks, the way that we come across to other people can actually put up barriers to going out there and finding that dom top who might be ready to throw themselves at you if you would just let them. Just if you would just rip. Gotta let them. But, okay, so one... <laughs> Speaking of work on the front end, I did. Do, I I I made changes right away. I did. I, I took that reading very seriously, but <laughs> I want you to withhold judgment, honey. <laughs> this is going to be very hard, but okay, uh, we'll try. We'll so last week I started doing CrossFit again. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's okay. the thing. Okay. Okay. CrossFit and Eau Claire is all moms in their 30s and 40s <laughs> uh and it's not all that but it's a lot of that and the gym i go to so here when i used to work at starbucks this crossfit guy would come in and he would get mm -hmm. you know like a grande non-fat chai four pumps and <laughs> and um uh and what and um it's just a supportive environment. It really is. There's a, a coach there who helps you with the moves. And the main reason I'm doing it is for the weightlifting. I have arthritis in my left shoulder, left hip, left knee, and left ankle. <laughs> it's my left side. And so weightlifting is so important for that muscle. You, right. You're strengthening the muscles around the joint in order to take pressure off the joint. And... um. And I'm not a good weightlifter on my own at home. So I start, and I'm feeling really good. I really like the classes. I like the coaches. They look like they're 12 years old, but that's okay. They're very <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, so far, not all the coaches, but so far I've had two young coaches who both look 12. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and the one was trying to tell me about protein. Crossfitters are obsessed with protein. Here's the thing. I'm willing to try a few new things. So after CrossFit, I have been doing like a tofu scramble. I So I am increasing my protein because I'm always looking for new things to try. But those CrossFitters love their whey protein drinks. They love like a muscle milk. Ooh, don't 
get me started on whey protein. Don't even fucking get me started on whey protein. We have to do an entire episode about whey protein. That's <laughs> I, I met with one of the coaches and I told him I'm vegan. And afterwards, he sent me an article for a high protein vegan diet. And I was like, honey, I've done all the Googling. <laughs> Already. I know, but it, I know. so anyway, that's one of the changes I've made, and and mostly that's because I just want more energy, and I want to build muscle for the arthritis, and and also it's nice to meet people. I work at home now, so I need more kind of social things. So anyway, I for me that has been a positive change. CrossFit can be a cult if you take it too far, and I'm not gonna so. Yeah, I um. Here's the thing. I agree. A lot of people going to fitness classes in any capacity. I teach them. I know, it's their camaraderie. It's where they see people. It's it's now where they have friends. You know, a lot of their friends are the ones they see every morning for like the cardio dance class that they come to with me or one of my other coworkers. Or it's their body pump class or the water exercise class. So I totally understand that, and I do believe that CrossFit, just like any other workout routine can be a safe and healthy place for people to meet people move their bodies in a way that brings them joy and happiness and also helps them feel good about decisions that they're making about their life and their bodies that is all wonderful beautiful things i'm very choosy about classes that i go to for a reason the moment you start talking about gains specific weight loss goals and toning i'm out because just like Aubrey says, and I do agree with her because she is actually right, a lot of that's bullshit. That is a lot of that's genetics. A lot of that is about how, and, and we learn this when we start learning how to become fitness instructors. It's why it drives me crazy when people make specific promises because you can't promise anything to anybody. Everyone's body is different. Genetics are all different. What it can do is, I always talk about strengthening muscles. I always talk about range of motion. And I always talk about, if you hate doing this, don't do it. Like, if, if moving your body in this way is really not enjoyable for you, then don't. And it sounds like it is enjoyable for you. And that's the important thing. And, and you know how to filter out the bullshit. And CrossFit has a very negative connotation among a lot of people because I think that environment can promote eating disorders and negative self-body issues. But when I met with them, they were very much like, what are your goals? Do you have health issues? Are you trying to improve health issues? And they didn't talk about weight loss. They they said we're not... Which is excellent. Yeah. And also, they said the same things you're talking about. There was one move doing, and she said, we want your elbows here. And I said, I can't. And she goes, it's a flexibility thing. So we'll do it this way. So they're very... So it's a very good gym here in Eau Claire. So I really enjoy it. But I, because the cross in CrossFit is just cross training. It's just cardio right. and weightlifting. It's, it's just cardio and weightlifting. Exactly. Um, my other big problem with with certain forms of CrossFit and other other workout uh, like like styles to that that are kind of preset is that instructors can get in a place where everybody has to do it the same way. Right. And you've gone to CrossFit classes like that. You've told me about them where the instructor kind of got a little bit like almost encouraging you to hurt yourself, right? Yeah. Like going too far. And CrossFit, for a while, part of the reason it has such a bad rap is because there were a lot of bad instructors. And a lot people of really hurting shitty instructors. themselves, yeah. Yeah. And I totally think that, that cross-training is fine. If that's what you love, do that. That's awesome. There is no reason to push yourself until you can't move anymore. There's just no reason for it. Especially if for you, you're trying to strengthen muscles and like get more range, flexibility, range of motion, work out some of the stiffness from the arthritis. Pushing yourself until you're in pain is not going to do that. And I know you know that, but not everybody who goes to a CrossFit class with an instructor who isn't very good at it knows that, right? And that's why for me, like you were correct to say, try to come into this with an open mind because the words CrossFit kind of like Peloton, which also can have a positive like impact on people, but also can be the instructors from that SNL <laughs> sketch oh. where it's a bunch of vapid individuals who think they're saying like an inspirational, but it's all just like platitudes and bullshit. <laughs> I um, Googled racism <laughs> and it bummed and me it out. And it bummed me out. <laughs> and then I Googled gay racism and that and was it bummed worse. bummed me out worse. <laughs> 
so let's ride um no like like all those things are beautiful and wonderful things i never like that that's the thing if you really love doing those things please do it um and i think it's just really important to a vet things like that for yourself right you heard the things you needed to hear that's wonderful that's a place you feel at home that's incredible and that's what you need um there is absolutely nothing wrong with that and i think that there are a lot more instructors out there who are trying to be that way i do talk to some of my some of my coworkers who've been doing it for a little while and occasionally i have to decide is this a moment to bring up that that's a word you should just completely remove from your teaching lexicon will you listen to me Right. And to not make weight loss the goal. The goal is... Oh, God. The goal should be how you're feeling. Blood pressure. You know, is your pulse improving? Do you feel better? Those should be... Yeah. And it's just hard because um, we are in a society that focuses on weight loss. And we can't Mm -hmm. remove ourselves out of that society. It's what we're bombarded with constantly. And so Mm -hmm. anyway, that's a positive change I've made, but I wanted to be (laughs) completely honest because with some people I have just been saying um, workout classes because that term CrossFit (laughs) does um, uh, for, and rightly so, for a lot of people, really brings up negative emotions. Yeah. And and again, it's it's like with with things like, oh, I don't even know if we want to go down this avenue, but with things like yoga, right? Like yoga has sort of become this huge cultural phenomenon to the point where it's been like implanted into like wellness, the, the wellness bloodstream. But it is still a cultural like borrowing and also like like stolen valor in a lot of ways and stolen culture from from India and from other uh, other areas of the world um and but at the same time it's a part of the culture we currently live in it's a part of what's around us constantly and it's how we choose i think to interact with those things right how we choose to utilize them in our lives and celebrating versus appropriating and also um how uh how do i use it to better my own life without making other people feel like if they're not doing that it's a bad thing so how about you tell me about your experience at the metaphysical fair and uh what's going on with you so uh the metaphysical fair was really fun i did <clears throat> i'm not doing a lot of indoor events um so that was a little bit like I was trying to decide we were in costume that day because it was the weekend of Halloween. So we were all in costume and my costume involved this really fun, bold red lip that I had put on and I didn't want to put a mask over it. But then I was like, I'm indoors without a mask on. I feel like I should. It was like the one time in a very long while I'd been inside. We were there for like, what, 25, 30 minutes. It was not that long at all, like maybe 45 at the longest. And I still was like, oh, I wish I had my mask on, but I also didn't want to take it out of my pocket. Um, but I'd also just been boosted. Ah, uh, so about three weeks before that. So I felt a little better. Um, but as we were walking around, I found some things I really loved. I found some, um, handmade, uh, earrings that I really enjoyed with like horror movie characters on them. Those were beautiful. And then the bloody coffin is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you and I, while we were getting our tarot reading, we, uh, we did do a little like, um, cause, cause we asked like in terms of this podcast and other like things, things we're trying to do, like where, where are we at with those? And the cards did tell us that we were at a reset, a spiritual reset with it. And we were going to figure out how to like move forward with it. And it's really interesting cause I pulled our tarot card for today for oh. our episode. And this is the Knight of pentacles, which is a card of hard work paying off. However, it's hard work that not everybody loves doing. The sort of nitty gritty work. In in uh, Cassandra Snow's book, T- Aquarium the Tarot, like they bring nursing. up. Well, if, like the things in nursing you don't love doing. What is the thing that every nurse is like, I hate doing this? Charting. Yeah. <laughs> like very few people love doing that type of work, right? There are some people who love that. Excel spreadsheets is where they actually excel. But it's not most you of us, right? It. It's not most of us. Excel I know. spreadsheets I know. <laughs> is where they excel. You think uh, planning that. 
<laughs> I've just been waiting to make that joke Stop! for 10 years. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> this card just basically says like, hey, sometimes you have to either A, celebrate the people that are willing to like get in there and do that work um, or figure out a way to do that work for yourself. Like, hey, I've like my financial journey hasn't been what I needed to be. I got to sit down and figure out something new, a new way to figure out my finances or a new way to figure out for those of us who are creators or kind of work more independently, like how do I create uh, revenue streams? I hate st- I hate using words like this, but how do you create a revenue stream without, you know, totally losing your mind or selling out something that you actually enjoy doing for the sake of capitalism? It's like finding those balances. Um, and the knight also says that sometimes you just got to like get in there and do it. Even if it feels boring, even if it feels like you'd rather bash your head against the wall than sit on your computer for another 45 minutes figuring this thing out. Us attempting to figure out the sound (laughs) earlier. Um, Sometimes those tasks are useful in the long run. Um, And I think for you, that big reset was learning this new job from home. And the work you knew you were going to have to do, which was, okay, now I'm going to have a home desk that I just sit at for eight hours. We have not done that. That is not the life journey we've had so far. How do I make that work, right? And like learning the new job, learning the new skills, learning the new system, getting your, like the the persistence and the frustration of getting your Minnesota license, right? Just all of that. Those are the things sometimes we have to do. And this is just a reminder that um we are, we're in that place with this podcast, I think in a lot of ways, but also uh, we can't talk about the election Not because it's too sad, but because this episode won't go up until after the election. So anything we say right now will feel really weird two days after the election. So we're not going to talk about it in specifics. But what I will say is that the reason voting is so important and finding time to get yourself educated and uh, actually engaging with the political system, even though it can feel sad, depressing, too much, and also, frankly, just like tedious, so much work, is that that's how you move things forward. That's what this night tells us. Hard work, dedication, and also, look at this fabulous night. Look at Yeah, this. so are they on a unicorn seahorse? Unicorn seahorse. Oh, yeah. How beautiful, right? Just a lovely, and with like these gorgeous jellyfish at the bottom of the I card. Like, and ugh. seahorse is very queer, because I think the male seahorse carries the baby. Oh, yes, baby. yes. We love it. So, thoughts. I just said a whole mouthful there. What do you got? Yeah, we got a lot of that in the reading was celebrating work accomplished. And then also she said... um, Uh, With your creative endeavor, this podcast or whatever we choose to do in the future, um, just because you're not making it, you know, doesn't mean it's not succeeding, right? Yes. And so just to be, I think, fine with where we're at and what this is and wanting to improve. um, And for, for you... Your journey these past couple of years has really been applicable to this because before COVID, you were very focused on live performance, and rightly so. You've always enjoyed the YouTubes and uh, oh, yes. And, yes. The, and making the YouTubes, but COVID forced you to really go digital and learn all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Your senior <laughs> thesis was a digital performance presentation thingy. Ugh, uh, I know. And so know. because of that, you have become very techy, which is wonderful. And so um so kind of celebrating that you're you're this new queer woman of the universe who still loves live performance. She was just in a show, Ghost Cork Quapita. Ghost Quartet, <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. And she's going to do more live stuff, but to also really embrace technology and that um, uh, art through technology is super important right now, not only because of COVID, but just because that's the direction we're going. So, absolutely. And also, 
I'm very much on a kick of like learn new skills, learn new things, be okay with not being good at things right away. But also, so I just started a series on my YouTube channel where I'm just showing my journey of learning how to play the violin. Oh. I'm not very good at it yet. Um, and like once every couple of weeks, I'm just going to, I, I posted the first video of me just playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star over and over again on the violin. I'm not, like I said, I'm not very good at it yet. I don't have, I don't have very good technique. I, it scratches sometimes, it squeaks sometimes, but it's nice to work on a new skill that doesn't have to feel immediately like, oh my God, I got to get better at this so I can market this. So I can, you know what I mean? Like, so I can teach this instrument and make money from that or or play this instrument in, in front of a co- audience and make money off of that. It's just like, we're just learning how to play it. I've always wanted to play the violin. Plus, I told myself I can't get a cello if I can't prove to myself that I can practice the violin for six <laughs> <Yeah>. months because <laughs> I really want a cello. I really want a cello. That's the answer that I really want. But I'm like, get a violin first. <laughs> Try the violin first. Well, and I think that's a good rule. To, if you keep acquiring instruments, like maybe learn a few of them. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. you have exposure to all of them, but um, I like that. Oh, I love the cello. Let's become cellists. I know. Well, and also speaking of YouTube performances, uh, to, or, well, actually earlier this week, as of the time that we actually put this episode out, I will have re- released um, my cover of Ingrid Michaelson's The Chain, which is going up on oh. YouTube on Monday. I was very, I was, I was like debating whether or not I wanted to do it now because I've been putting off making my own like full cover of it. I did do it for my thesis. I had everybody record like a choral track for it, but I really wanted to do it by myself, sort of the way that she sang it on the um, Everybody album. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just, it was so much fun to record. Oh. Um, and I hope people like it. But, I love you know, song. it's, uh, so we need to take a short break here because. My cat really wants to leave the office. So I gotta go <laughs> let him out. So give me a second here. I'll be okay. back in a moment. Oh my goodness. Okay. While we're waiting for KJ, I wanna talk about a very important issue. And that's America's fiber intake. Ugh. You should be getting 26 to 30 grams of fiber every day. And America's not getting enough. So please, and remember, when you increase your fiber, do it slowly, you know, one to two grams a week. If you do it all at once, you're going to get gassy, and then you're going to swear off fiber, and don't do that, honey. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, and we're back from our no, fiber we, break. We need, we need, no, I'm so glad that we had Fiber Corner with Mama. We need, and uh, I'm going to put my plug in here, too. It does not matter how much water you drink. What matters is that when you're thirsty, make sure you're drinking water. If you're thirsty, drink water. And no, none of this, like, I don't know, like, what what is it? One one ounce of water for, like, every pound on your body? Like, no, none of that. (laughs) Or is it, like, half? There is a statistic, or not a statistic, like a wives tale, even though that's sexist, of that. And so I would have to be drinking like a ton like gallons a day it's just insane no it's it's too much um (laughs) just drink water when you're thirsty and like if you feel jittery um maybe put the iced coffee down for a moment and switch to water for a little bit well i don't know if i agree with that (laughs) (laughs) just push through those jitters push through (laughs) push through um no it's 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 really fun though because i feel like We've been listening to our true love maintenance phase now for over a year. And what I think that that podcast has really helped me with, it helped me swing my pendulum away from the like really toxic wellness and diet culture to the exact opposite side where I was almost like too skeptical of everything and unwilling to like try anything anymore. So I could find a way back to the middle a little bit where it's like, it's okay if I want to say, hey, Halloween's over and I ate a lot of Halloween candy and it started to make me sick, it's fine to say, maybe I should cut out the excess sugar for a little while, right? Like, that's okay. It's okay for me to say, I don't need to eat so much candy. It's not making me feel good. That's not being super hyper restrictive, right? Um, But a year, like two years ago, I would have been like, I can never eat candy again. Right. So I think that's growth. 
Right. Two years ago, it would have been absolutely no sugar, and it would have been accompanied with a weight loss goal by a certain date. And we used to do that. <laughs> a certain amount much. by a certain date, or when I thought that I was doing something really good for myself, um, a certain measurement by a certain oh, date. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm not saying any numbers out loud. No, thank you. Um, but no, it's uh, it's it's definitely like it's it's been a wild journey. And I think with our tarot reading last weekend and also this card today, what I'm really, really feeling like is we're on our way and whatever happens, the things that are outside of our control, because that's many a thing. Um, the the way the, the ways that we have control over certain elements of our life is how we choose to interact with things and the ways that we choose to not necessarily react to things because sometimes reactionary things can be a sign of something else trauma for instance but we get to kind of choose how we interact with it moving forward through all those things and with wellness wellness and health you and I do still care a lot about that right we really want to try to find ways to be it's so hard to use these words, like try to be healthy, quote unquote, right? Because what does that even mean? But for you and I, we want to find a way to feel better. Not feel good all the time, 100% of the time. That's impossible. We both have chronic illnesses. Um, but to feel generally better, right? And one thing know. I've learned is that um, that conversation does have to be highly individual, and so I think that's the huge mistake. Mm. Um, and it's hard is to speak in way too big of generalizations, right? Um, and because one health journey for one person is not going to look the same for everybody. I mean, different foods, you know, there are certain people who cannot eat soy products, right? It makes them break out and it makes them feel terrible. People are lactose intolerant. Like, you just cannot prescribe one diet for everyone. Not one diet plan, not one lifestyle plan. Like, so that's one thing to really embrace is that while I'm searching for what makes me healthy, to not think that this is what works for everybody. And to not think that since this is working for one person, that it's going to work for me. But also to not be afraid to try new things. It, that is totally fine to try and explore stuff. Just because we've been sucked down <laughs> diet rabbit holes in the past doesn't mean we should be afraid to explore stuff. Right. And exploring things can also include, like, level-headed skepticism about things. Like, hey, that sounds iffy to me, or it sounds a little too good to be true. We have a little bit better, like, training and actual, like, terminology and verbiage and wordage to say why that doesn't sound right to me. Exactly. Right? And anything um, with a... And, and in anything with a heavy financial component to approach with a lot of skepticism, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, why is this expensive? These are almonds. <laughs> <laughs> They're activated cashews. Uh. <laughs> so to definitely, you know, because like one thing I'm exploring right now is everyone is like talking about mushrooms. Mushrooms are so healthy. So I started eating more white mushrooms from the growth. Like... <laughs> Sure. Everyone started buying exotic mushrooms that are super expensive. And I'm like, there's no, if mushrooms are healthy, like, sure, certain types of mushrooms, and I would have to do more research. But, um, and also being vegan, I'm learning that mushrooms can be a great meat replacement. They're, they're so yummy. They are. And don't get me wrong, I love mushrooms. Um, I don't always make them into things because if I'm cooking for me and for Jay, Jay doesn't always trust mushrooms feels feels wary feels wary has he gotten sick uh no just doesn't care for them a lot of times if i hide them if i hide them okay sort of like red cabbage the color the color doesn't work right for some people there's like there's uh i, I forget the word that, I, I know me too but i've forgotten the word for it when um it turns when to pee red people no, when people are adverse to certain types of foods in terms of color or texture, oh. I forget what that is. There's a there's an actual like word for that in the uh, the big book of disorders. I forget. I can't. I can't think of anything DSM right now. DSM five. Thank you, the DSM. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, resident 
healthcare worker on the pod. Yeah. Um. Thank goodness. No, but uh, it there are there that I do when but when i'm cooking for myself yeah i there's a little asian market up the up the road from us called the tt market um and i really really like them because a lot of the food is grown nearby and they do have some different types of mushrooms and i've actually made some soups with different types of mushrooms because i've never tried them before um and they're very very good i love them i like mm-hmm. the earthiness of a mushroom especially a sauteed mushroom and a little bit of vegan butter with some salt and pepper and garlic mm-hmm. powder can Something i just tell you and Something my point was not it. to eat mushrooms. My point was like when people start talking about something, if you want to explore that, you don't have to go for like you don't have to order lion's mane mushrooms off the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you right. don't have to be crazy. I mean, your point might not have been to eat mushrooms, but mine was. Um <laughs> No, it's just yeah, because all these health trends, they always are like um, just like when quinoa was super popular, I love quinoa. I do, but it's a more expense. It's more expensive than rice, right? And so it's like um, okay to explore that. But anytime something's super pricey, like ask yourself why? Why are we eating this over rice? Like you know, that's sort of no, thing. absolutely, and and also why. Why is this the trend of the moment, right? Yeah. What what is what is going on here? And really, let's just talk facts about where we live, about the society we live in. It's because it's something kind of new that they can market and because people want it, they can charge more for it and they can put a lot more pressure on you as a person, as a consumer to want to buy it. Um because it's new, it's exotic, it's different. All of those things can also come from very, very problematic places in our brains. Um, the finding something exotic, for instance. Um, or something like new, other world you know what I mean? Other mm-hmm. culture, otherworldly. So all of those things are happening to us all the time through advertising. And it is fine. No one has to feel guilty about being taken in by it. If you start noticing a little bit more, it does make it a little easier to make to feel like you're making decisions a little bit more based on what it is that you want. We're still being mentally infiltrated all the time. But where I struggle sometimes is when, again, when people are telling you personally, you right there, that if you're not doing this, you're wrong. Right. Or that this trend is the only trend that has ever worked or ever will work. It's like, well, you've said that I'm a lot of things. Uh. <laughs> I, I think every five years, eggs become the miracle food that'll cure you. And then five years later, become the enemy that'll kill you. That will kill you. And the reality probably lives somewhere in between, right? Yeah. There's good things about eating eggs for our bodies. There's not great things about eating eggs for our bodies. There's nothing but bad things for me because I'm allergic to them uh <laughs> we're two but, vegans you know. here we're not eating eggs but just as an we're... example it's like <laughs> no, no no exactly <laughs> people or like butter time magazine i think literally had butter on the cover one month oh my god butter I butter no, i think it might have been like butter's back <laughs> it's just like and then people are putting butter in their coffee so it's like okay calm down uh on our post this past week to tell people that we uh had a new episode up i used uh, elton john's the bitches back um <laughs> and uh i just started thinking the butter's back the instead butter's of this back. Bitch's back. the butter's back the butter's back um, baby. I, <laughs> so switching gears entirely transition um transition so recently because it was the halloween Samhain creepy epic mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. uh jay and i were watching a ton of horror films um and a lot of like creepy fun things and a lot of really good new horror has come out that is attempting to be more inclusive that is trying to tell stories from different angles having more you know what I mean? Just, just, just more diversity, more diversity. And I just, I, I like that as a trend. It's not everything. I'm not, I'm not sitting and pretending horror has done a complete 180 because, you know, but we, that led us into watching the queer horror series on Shudder, which I have been wanting to talk about a little bit, even though I know, I don't think you've watched it yet, but I just wanted to kind of bring up, bring, bring it up. Have, so it, um, it's called Queer for Horror and 
it is all of these like people who have either been in horror films or are actual like culture historians or people like like people people from all these different disciplines who are all queer talking about how horror has not only influenced them but how horror has actually been coded as a very queer space from the beginning and because it, yeah queer people love i love ooky spooky halawooky uh, yes, <laughs> but um, I ding dang dookie. <laughs> but not all horror is for me, and it, it, and also I live alone. <laughs> so to watch, <laughs> so yeah, horror, like one show. I'm I, I we'll get back to the queer, but I, I like one show that was super popular, American Horror Story. I want to watch, but I live by myself, and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have anybody to go. I'm scared. Hold me. You know, or we're like we're, 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 we're show, waiting for that dom top. We're waiting right. for the dom top. <laughs> after the show, I go to bed, and when my cats bang on my bedroom door, I close it because <laughs> it's a whole thing. It sounds like a murderer is trying to kill me, and and so anyway, long story short, I do struggle to watch horror because I need to be with people, and I'm not with people at night all that often because of boopity being a you know a hermit. Anyway, back to this show. I was gonna say right. I also I I should have specified a lot of the show focuses on early horror, um, because a lot of early horror, like from the early 1900s, nineteen like the the, the 19 teens through the 1950s. A lot of that horror was actually being created by queer people. Is this a and they docu- were injecting? Series? Yep, it's a docu series. Oh, okay. Yep, it's four episodes. And so, like, if you look back at the earliest horror films, a lot of the people who were creating them were queer, and there were a lot of queer actors who were closeted at the time in Hollywood. And after the Hayes Code was put into place, which said that, like, if you had a person who was even kind of coded as queer, they had to die at the end. That's literally in the Hayes Code. Um, What's the Hayes Code? Is this a written So the thing? Hayes Code, yes, it was. So Hollywood was getting a lot of flack for being, like, full of sin, right? Just, like, just like terrible, terrible place. And they were like, no, 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 no. You don't have to put any regulations on us. We'll regulate ourselves. The way private industry does. Um, and <clears throat> what had happened, long story short, this is not a Hayes Code history lesson, but long story short, it basically, the, the, these were the tenants. Um, you could not have interracial couples, couples on screen. Queer people, if they were in any way, shape, or form, they had to be the evil person and they had to die or get punished at the end. Um, like, literally, these were the things that were put into that. Oh my um, God. And this was like actually mainstream... written or these were unwritten rules? Uh. It, they were written into like contracts. Crazy. Um, yeah. So it's um. And again, this is not a history history episode. I'm sure I could link one. Some some of you did an another queer podcast that's done an excellent takedown of the Hayes Code. Um, and I could post a there's a there's an article that I that I can post. But basically, that it starts off with that how a lot of the queer people working on these films had to inject queer storylines into it, but also. We're being taught and told like they have to be a villain. So what you do with that is you make villains that are also kind of sympathetic. You make villains that queer people are like, I know you're the bad person in this film. I know you're not the one I'm supposed to root for. I'm rooting for you in a really weird way. I can't, I, I don't know. Can't put my finger on it. No one said you're gay, but, uh, <laughs> There's something about you. Uh, that's a lot of uh, a lot of the, and I, I don't want to give away too much because the show is really really well done. Um, I will share my Shutter account with anybody who wants to share. I'm just kidding, not everybody. Uh, don't that'd open be a that lot. door. <laughs> Strangers no, 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 no. Hey, uh, can I get your password? Can I get your password? Uh, no, but if if you can find a way to watch it, I'm sure there's even some places where you can watch it somewhere else. Um, but uh, you know, support support the artist where you can. But but uh, the 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 show itself really really does take you through so much of why we as queer people for the longest time have really felt a connection to villains or to horror or to you know what I mean. It's because that's how we were being written. But representation is still representation, and we were taking it where we can get it a lot of the time. So when we recognized one of our own in some way, shape, or form, even before we recognized ourselves as one of our own we were like there's something about you i really love i really enjoy and 
it goes through a bunch of different eras of horror, and then it ends with sort of the lesbian vampire craze of the 70s, late 60s oh. and 70s. Yeah, the final episode is incredible, by the way, because Jay kept saying, like, I'm kind of waiting for it to get kind of, like, hot, kind of horny, right? <laughs> like, this this is about this is about gay horror. And no I was like, no, I, I get you. Yeah. And... Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I was, like, fascinated by the history part of it. The, the, like, nerd brain totally kicked in. But then we got to that final episode, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it talked about a lot of films that we've seen and that we love. Um, and it wasn't just lesbian vampire films. It was also, like, a lot of other, it was all about queer women in, in horror, specifically. And just, like, ugh, so good. Um, and I just, it was just nice to watch it because it I have better... I have better like talking points for talking about why not only me as a queer person, but why queer people in general not only love horror, but also that horror itself, no matter what shitty little white straight bro on the internet wants to say, horror was created by queer people. The people that that, that wrote some of the first gothic novels that were uh, Bram Stoker, gay and closeted, terrified of coming out. Um... Uh, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, by like v- tons of queer people creating this genre over the years. We built this city. <laughs> we built this city <laughs> on rainbows and butterflies and glitter. And you can fuck off if you don't agree <laughs> yeah. because you're wrong. Um, so it is. It's just really it was really cool to see actual historical documentation that queer people were a big part of why horror films exist today. In the way that they do. And that felt really empowering because it's also like when people ask, why do you like horror so much? I'm like, because it's embedded in who I am. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, just kind of like horror. And I mean, if you look behind KJ, she has a poster of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that's like, and I like stuff like that too, which isn't scary. Rocky Horror is not scary, but it's this, um, creepy weird that's also kind of a part of that genre Mm -hmm. is this creepy weird tongue-in-cheek yeah yep and so i really like that sort of thing too which i think is often paired with horror um i'm trying to think of another example and i can't but well a lot of horror films also even the ones that come across as very like heteronormative they're using an element from early horror films camp campiness yeah. Like this that that kind of over the topness of of acting and the ways that storylines were written, those are written into eighties horror films too, you know? And and Rocky Horror Picture Show is all about camp. It's 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 a gay camp romp. Right. right? Like, like we once just... watched um on Hulu uh, a Thanksgiving horror show. And so at first Pilgrim Pilgrim. Yeah, at first you think it's going to be like, like some horror shows take themselves seriously trying to be scary and some, and so at first you think it's going to be that, but then to the end you're like, oh, this is camp too, because they're just killing people. <laughs> and it was wonderful. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's wonderful and ridiculous. And that's what we're here for, right? It's still like, there were moments where I was like, pins and needles like oh god what's about to happen next mm-hmm. i don't like it what's going on and then they release it through this moment that's kind of almost funny which horror and comedy go hand in hand they're both a setup and sort of a release of some sort right um and that's why like comedy can also feel kind of dangerous because comedy is making observations about things and sometimes it's not your thing to observe right um culturally socially in that time period but you're always trying to find where you can toe the line, right? And that's sort of how horror is too. And about like crossing lines, crossing boundaries, crossing barriers. We just watched this movie Barbarian, which I just said this movie Barbarian as though it's like some underground film. No, it's like huge right now. Um, But we finally got to sit down and watch it. And what you think you're sitting down to watch is not what you're sitting down to watch. And I'm not saying a word about it because you should go into that movie knowing nothing about it. Okay. Uh, however, Justin Long is in it. Oh. And um, I'm not really giving anything away from this because you know this the moment he comes on screen. You hate him. And it's weird to hate him so much because <laughs> normally well, I, I don't, don't find know. him that. I have a little <laughs> bit of Justin Long PTSD <laughs> from Tusk. <laughs> 
Okay. So I did not watch Tusk for that Don't. reason. And actually, I didn't watch the whole thing. It's it's terrible. I hate it. And then we fast forwarded to the end because we wanted to see him become the walrus. Oh, my God. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrifying. I hate it. I hate it. Well, and it. here's the thing. I, I normally like things that are weird and get under my skin and are uncomfortable. I just, I watched a couple of scenes from that movie and I was just like, I don't think there's anything here that's like drawing me in. You know what I mean? It's like, I love weird for the sake of weird. I have no problems with that. You, I've shown you some of the movies that I absolutely love and you're like, this is weird on a level that I just can't enjoy. Yeah, I often and that's fine. can't go there. But and, that's, Tusk, and that's totally fine. Tusk <laughs> scarred me and I fast forwarded through it. <laughs> also John so, Depp's ooh. in it and he's not listed on the credits so I feel like no one wants to admit he's in anything anymore well this was before we hated him again and so like I think it was Johnny Depp someone and it was like I feel like he didn't want to be associated he was like don't tell anyone I'm in this no shh stop telling people uh... oh spoiler <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Spoiler. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's um, it's just it's been such a really, it's weird to think that 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 like creepy season, Samhain season is technically over because now we're in that in between place where my brain like right now I have a autumn walk candle lit, but also an evergreen pine candle lit because Ooh. I'm in the in between. <laughs> I mean, at this time. I don't know why I thought you said walk, W-O-K. And I was like, what is an autumn walk? Um, It smells like fried tofu. Uh, (laughs) Pumpkin tofu. Mm. Actually, I've put pepitas, pumpkin seeds, on top of my... We could do it. On top of my, yes, you could do it. Um, Yeah, you you should do it. Um, But it's it's just been a really, really lovely... uh, season because I've been really leaning in to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I've been really leaning into my spirituality and kind of doing it in an unabashed way, like not not underground and not talking about it. But when people ask me about things, you know, I'm I'm upfront about the fact that I don't celebrate like Christian traditions, but that I was raised that way. So a lot of the way that I celebrate holidays is this sort of hybrid approach it's the same reason why i consider myself an eclectic witch because i don't i don't celebrate things in a linear fashion because everything is sort of about what elements of this bring me joy and kind of work with my life the way that i need to um and this is my favorite time of the year we have mabon right after or right 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 before we have Samhain, and then we have um a holiday that I don't really like celebrate, but a lot of other people love it. And it's nice to get together with friends Thanksgiving. And then um, we have Yule and Christmas or Hanukkah and all the other holidays. Everybody is just celebrating this time of year. It's just a constant stream of just like fun things to do. And I love that. You know, I love a holiday. I just love a holiday. I don't care what holidays you celebrate. I just love that you're celebrating them. And this time of the year is just jam packed with them, you know, and I love that. Um, it's just been so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, that's why I always say, like, nowadays it's neo-paganism. Because mm-hmm. depending on what form of paganism, those traditions were also homophobic and too strict. And you know what I mean? Like, religion back in the day it was very claustrophobic. So whether that oh, yeah. was pagan, so that's why I feel like neo-paganism is really catching on with queers because we were taking the the nature, witchy, spiritual stuff from it we like. And I think some pagans may have been more queer positive, but they weren't like, like homophobia. It just depends upon, oh yeah, it was. However, I really, I do need to do a, um, a book report episode on my um, queer magic book. Because there are actually cultures from from around the world who were way more okay with queer people than some cultures are today. 
Right. And when um, I say pagan, I'm like talking like um, Western Europe because. Exactly. I, I'm th- I, And I don't even know a lot about it. So, uh, but I, I, I just remember that time I hung out with the uh, cages in a very witchy area. The Twin City is very witchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were kind of teaching me that about um, neo-paganism and how it's much more queer positive. Because when you study those old pagan traditions, there were queer positive things from them but they weren't all like these gay rainbow civilizations no goodness goodness no and a lot of them like there were very strict like roles you had to adopt if you were queer Mm -hmm. um and you can only like adopt those roles if you had certain qualities blah blah you know what i mean like it's it's really fascinating i would really love to like and honestly it would probably be like a deep dive over a couple of episodes because it's a very it's a relatively thorough book um and i really i've been meaning to reread it because it brought me so much joy the first time i read it um honestly some of the worst were the vikings um definitely a very they legit raped and pillaged they were not they were they were not great machismo uh no (laughs) and um but uh a lot of what destroyed whatever queer rights were were existing in most in most cultures around the world was white christianity and white white supremacy and colonialism really fucked up most magical traditions and most queer traditions around the world. So that's why also a lot of queer people are turning to that because, and a lot of uh, like, it's, it's a place for queer people who are also raised in traditional Christian spirituality because. Do you know anything about that? uh, About what? About being raised. (laughs) I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know about what, what are we talking about here? In traditional (laughs) Christian household. Um, no, I, I, have, I don't know anything about that, <laughs> but what I have heard from other people, <laughs> which I actually have heard from other people, uh, is that it's, it's a way to kind of reconnect with that spiritual side of yourself. A lot of queer people have felt like put out by the churches that they attended, by the spiritual places that they used to go to, and they don't find refuge there anymore. But that means that sometimes it can feel like you don't have any spirituality in your life. You can't find it. And so a lot of people are turning to these because also a lot of the traditions in Christian in the Christian faith are taken from pagan traditions from around Europe and North Africa and all these other places that Christianity started to infiltrate because if you would because they adapted current practices into Christianity to try and get more people to join Christianity because it was vastly unpopular when it first started. Yeah. <laughs> For some weird reason the idea that you have to wait until the next life to have a good life was not very popular strange uh weird um you had to suffer now and then go to and then die in order to have a good life that just feels weird (laughs) to a lot of people um anyway there are a lot of really good things about christianity for a lot of people i really don't want to take that away from you it's just that it has taught a lot of people to hate themselves um and so the teachings can be good and the people teaching them cannot be um (laughs) loving other people being nice being kind yes please unless you did because this episode's coming out after the election if you voted straight line republican i need you to ask yourself first of all why are you listening to this podcast you are no ally sorry about it you are not second of all what was so important to you that having to take away something from somebody else mattered more to you what what was so important to you that other people didn't matter in that equation? I'm just curious. And right I'm in. Not, like, <laughs> I'm not curious. If you're voting Republican, something's wrong with you genetically. <laughs> I just <laughs> I I just it's it's really tough right now because we again, this episode's gonna go up after the election and we just don't know what's gonna happen. We really don't. We've been gearing up for this literally since the moment that the inauguration happened. We were already talking about the fucking midterms from the moment (laughs) the inauguration happened. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's been almost two goddamn years of this. And we just don't know what's going to happen. Our next episode will probably recap the results a little bit and react to them. And I'm hoping with joy. (laughs) Yes. And I want to put that out there even again, even though, again, this episode. So if we sound hopeful right now, please know we were trying to manifest something for the outcome. It's going to be good. I'm not worried. It's going to be fine. Again, 
I've never felt more. I just can never stop thinking about that blue wave <laughs> sketch from SNL. Kids, go inside. Mommy told you. Go inside until Tuesday. Get the fuck back in the house. <laughs> and Kate McKinnon just screaming into the void until all of the all of the windows shatter. Um, oh. Drinking an entire bottle of whiskey out of a vase of flowers. It's um, no, like it's it's a lot. And and I just I just want to remind all of you out there. That no matter what did happen, um, however we're feeling today, because we record these in advance, um, that we are still here. We are still going to keep doing this specifically. And also, we are not giving in. We're not giving up. We do believe in a world where things can be better. And we have to believe that in order to actually get there. Mm -hmm. So we have to believe that there is something better. And... There is. We're going to figure it out. Um, but figuring out also involves action. And again, that's where we come back to this tarot card, the Knight of Pentacles. Exactly. Sometimes it's the little work, the little work. It's not you the big get works on all the time. Your unicorn seahorse and just ride. Get on and ride all the way to the Capitol and scream at some politicians. Yeah. Um, or just fill up their inboxes with a whole lot of shit. <laughs> just, um, but anyway. We are so happy to be back. We're going to get back on a regular schedule here, um, which is just so lovely. I cannot wait. Um, got some ideas for episodes coming up. So just be on the lookout for those. We're going to try and get on a at least every other week schedule again. Um, but uh, Mama, any closing thoughts before we're done? Just wonderful to be back. We love you. Thank you for coming. And... And Slancha. Ooh. Ooh, it is a different time of the year. My coffee's already cold again. <laughs> <laughs> mm.